It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, I am Jason Squires, the Director of Mentorship with Worship Leader Magazine. Um, hey, this whole month we're talking about taking what you have and making it awesome. And what I mean by that is whatever your situation is, uh, as a band, with a leader, if you have a full band, you lead by yourself, how do I take that scenario and make it awesome, not trying to be something that you're not? And today's conversation is with um, a friend of mine, his name is Peter Newman. Uh, Peter has a great story, which we're going to hear from him today, about how he, one of the churches he worked at. He went from a, a beginning of a church plant to a releasing a worship album, and the kind of the process he went through uh, as he trained his team and worked with his team um, and helped them see the bigger picture, helped them grow to where they to where they ultimately ended up. Um, join us today in this conversation, and uh, welcome to the table. Hey everybody, I am Jason Squires, the Director of Mentorship with Worship Leader Magazine. Super excited about today's conversation. Uh, one of my good friends, and I, this is actually, we're actually doing this in person, which we have, this is the first time that I'm not over Zoom uh, doing, the, setting up the podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Peter Newman. Peter, how's it going? Great. Great to be with you. I'm so excited about this. We've done some cool things to get life, crazy life experiences, <laughs> and here we oh, are yeah. sitting, talking uh, talking together. Um, tell us about you. Tell us about Peter, the family, the ministry, all those things. Yeah, so um, I'm married to Katie, and we have two boys, uh, eight and ten, about to be nine and ten years old, and uh, live in a suburb of Sacramento, California, and get to lead worship uh, at a church and build the teams there and oversee the worship arts ministry at Creekside Christian Church and get to, you know, travel a bit and lead worship in other settings, conferences, retreats. And um, and my, I have a real heart for the worship leader that's just starting out or that's trying to find their way, you know, smaller churches or under sort of resourced situations. And so I get to do some mentoring and coaching that way. And it, it just, what a privilege to join with the Lord Jesus Christ and Amen. blessing people in his church. Amen. 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 Now we've, you and I have done some things together. I mean, we've done ministry together, late night drives into Mexico <laughs> to lead worship. Let's probably clarify <laughs> exactly. that Mission one. Trips. <laughs> Mission trips. We just happened to be late night when we were doing the driving portion into Mexico. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> That's another story. That's maybe the bonus, like the bonus <laughs> podcast on that one. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, but this month we're talking about uh, taking what you have and making it awesome. Meaning, like whatever situation you find yourself in, uh, in church or uh, whether you're by yourself as a worship leader. Uh, you know, whether you may not even play an instrument, but you lead vocally and you're relying on other musicians, or you have a full band a full volunteers tech team. Like there's, there's so many different scenarios. Um, 
And so this month we're talking about taking what you have. We're simplifying that down to taking what you have and making it awesome. Um, and like I said, we've worked together on many levels over the years. And I know for you, excellence is a very big deal, um, which I love. And that's, I mean, you, I started leading worship with you. And so all those many rehearsals, uh, many, many rehearsals. Uh, and and uh, excellence, like I said, excellence is, is, a, is something that you're passionate about. Where does that come from for you? Like where... What, what, what drives that desire for excellence? Yeah, well, I think of a, a quote a pastor uh, said once, excellence honors God and inspires people. Mm. And I found that to be true. And I think it came really from being in communities that valued excellence. And, you know, I got to be part of really, really excellent cultures. In college, I was part of a, a music um, kind of the school of music. I didn't get a music degree, but I was like in the music groups and program yeah. um, and got to travel and be part of a, you know, whole team. And, and it like, it was just so good. One of the groups wound up being nominated for a Grammy. Like this was That's a really amazing. high level of excellence. And the, the leader of the, of the group and of the, the school of music just had such a high standard for excellence. And and I saw like, wow, this is really, this is amazing. And then b- being involved in churches, I lived in LA for a time and Tommy Walker at Christian Assembly. Yeah. Like the bar was just so high on the, the quality of musicianship, but it wasn't just like playing well or singing well or doing tech really well. It was focusing on Jesus and just worshiping, being sold out to who he, you know, sold out to a lifestyle of worshiping Jesus. And that excellence, it, it honors God and yep. it does inspire people. It, be, it creates a magnetism that people want to be part of when things are done really well and it eliminates distractions. So in a worship service, things are done well and we focus on what we're really there to focus on and, you know, not like that thing that's breaking down or going wrong. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a great, Rick Muchow um, from Saddleback uh, said this back in the day. It's such a, such a great quote. He said, excellence is a great value, but a terrible goal. You don't want it to be the goal of what you do yep. because you could make something really excellent and shiny, but you know, focused on the wrong thing or, or not about God. It's, but it's a great value in your culture that we do things with excellence so that we honor God, so that people are drawn in. Yeah, so, yeah excellence maybe, is important. Maybe, uh, can you define the difference between excellence and perfection? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, perfection, of course, we... We never achieve, right? We can try and we can be perfectionistic. And then it, our focus really then is drawn to this particular craft or thing we're trying to do. And and excellence really is about bringing our best to God. Amen. Just doing the, bringing what we have yep. and doing the best with what we have. And God will multiply the little kid brought the, right? The fish and the loaves and Jesus multiplied it and it fed thousands. And that's what we do. Excellence is just, trying again to do our best. That's awesome. Now, back in the day, you were, you were a part of a church plant um, and you helped it get it from where it was to releasing a worship album. Like that's a, that's a thing. Like you started with the, I mean, we've all been in those church plants where like you don't have the resources, you don't have the, I mean, meeting in a school, you didn't have a long laundry list of like musicians, like j- knocking your door down. Um, and like you got it from there to releasing a worship album. That was awesome. I mean, and uh, Thank let's, you. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about that process. Like I said, you didn't walk in a situation with lots of people who were ready to record. Like, 
what did how did you go about finding volunteers like how did you go about finding musicians um one of the things uh was uh was in one of our previous podcasts um i believe it was rory he said like leading worship is one of the hardest tasks because it involves volunteers with a specific a very specific um talent it's not just like oh i can go greet people at the door oh i can work with kids ministry no can you play guitar like it's a very specific um thing like so how did you go about finding volunteers yeah you're leading you're leading through others yeah well as i as i kind of look back on that because it it was it was an amazing time where there was a lot of growth and you know god really did some amazing things in that season i look back you know what what was that that was really working in that time and the the first the first thing that strikes me is God was moving, you yep. know, God. And we, I think that we got to start there. We got to start with saying, okay, Lord, you have a heart for the people in this church, in this community. You want to do something here. You want to reach these people more than I do. You love them even more than I do. What is it you want us to do? How are you working? How are you guiding? Where are you leading? Where are you moving? And just being open to that and then recognizing. And as we recognize that, then starting to, to lean into that. And just, you know, praying. So staying connected to him was really the first thing. Yep. And and then, okay, so, all right. Then once we kind of sense God is moving in a certain way, and we, we saw this in our, our little church plant. People were coming in. They were starting to find Christ, some of them for the first time, many of them for the first time. And there was this, like, this excitement. And so then we were like, not only as a worship ministry, but as a church and as a church leadership we had the conversations about what is, like, what is this all about? What are, what are we trying to do here? What is the vision for this? And that's really, really important because you're going to invite people as your teams grow to really have a magnetic team culture. We got to decide what are we inviting them into. And so we had a lot of conversations about this. And I want to contrast mission and vision here just, just briefly because I'll keep coming back to this. Totally. Mission is the big overarching, the, the kind of the why behind. And we need to start with why. Simon Sinek has this great book, Start With Why. And it's all about the cause, the underlying purpose. That's the beginning. Why, why are we doing this? Are we, just, are we just having services? Are we having programs? Are we just playing songs for people? No. We are here so that people can have transformative encounters with with God. They come in and we're creating an environment where God, the Holy Spirit will speak to them. Some of them will make commitments that impact their future, like the generations of their family. Some of them, it's an eternal impact, right? Their, their destiny changes because they find Christ, some for the first time and say yes to him. And so we're creating a space where people come into that and it's not just playing songs. So why we do it is so, so important. And the mission, the broad mission, Jesus gave us that in, you know, Matthew 28, make disciples, right? And baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be with you. And there's some things about the mission of why we exist that are very clear for all churches, right? Christ left. The mission is a broad thing that can apply to many, many churches. And that is different than the vision. Vision is the specific way that our church, our team, lives this out in our town or community. So mission is the big thing. I compare this sometimes to restaurants. 
you know, feed people, <laughs> right? People are hungry. They need food. We're going to feed people is the mission. But how do we do it as, you know, a burger place? Like we're recording this in California, In-N-Out Burger. Yep. They do it a certain way. Chick-fil-A does it a completely different way. You right. can't get a burger at Chick-fil-A, right? There's certain things that are on the menu. And that's the vision. What is our church going to be? What is our worship team who are we optimized to reach who do we really care about so we had a lot of conversations and you know this seems like kind of high level stuff before we get into the practical parts of recruiting people but this is where it starts what is the vision of our church and once and we had hours and hours of conversation about this and once we really had figured out our vision is to reach this certain kind of person in our community all the other decisions flow from that and then we had a vision to invite people into. And we know we want to do this particular style of music and, you know, the composition of the people on the platform because there's a lot of decisions to make. Is it yep. a solo leader? Is it a team? It, what are we doing with the various technologies, with lighting or with audio or with, you know, screens and projecting lyrics? Or, like, there's a lot of decisions to be made, and those are driven by the vision. Yeah. So that was a, a key part of and we established that's what we wanted to do. I love that that's not, you're not going, um, uh, like, I just need to beg the person in the seats to come play. You're going 10, like, at the, the 30,000 foot level going, we need to look bigger than just, my goal is to have a drummer. Like, my, <laughs> right. Exactly. I love this. Because Sunday can dominate. You know, yep. our needs for this coming week can dominate. Every week, Sunday happens. Right. right. Yep. And, you know, Sunday's coming, right? What do we do? But it's so important to to stand back and go, okay, what is the big idea of what we're doing? And then that, that determines how we, how we, you know, the composition of our teams and our systems, our processes, all that stuff. So we figured out our vision and then we, uh, we had, we, we started actually with some training events, which when we started, there were like three people involved through, <laughs> I think there were three of us on stage and one tech person. Uh, in, you know, meeting in a cafeteria. And immediately I thought, okay, if our vision is to reach people in our town um, and our vision is to grow the ministry a particular way, one thing that, you know, I had to sit down and kind of map out in my mind was what is the goal then for what our teams look like and what the weekly flow looks like. And, you know, I, I said, we, we don't want to have three people, the same three people every week. We want to build a community of musicians and it'd be great to have, and I didn't invent this, but I'd been in good churches where I'd seen this, where we have, you know, four or five keyboard players, four or five drummers, four or five guitars, four or five, you know, a community of singers. So we could build up the team to 30 or 40 people in a community of musicians and then tech teams as well, so that there isn't just one person at every position. And part of that was just to have enough people so that we don't burn them out. But part of it was also like our start beginning to develop our values, which is the next thing. You've got the broad mission. Then you have your vision of what do we want this to look like week to week. And then we have the values of like, what is, how is our team going to function? How do we do things around here? That's really what culture is. How do we do things around here? And culture is so powerful if you leverage culture. And so we started deciding, all right, if we're going to have 40 or 50 people, making this happen so everybody can serve once a month and we're communicating because they see different people on the platform. Oh, there's a place for you. Yep. It's not just the same person every week you could get. So it's a culture of inviting people. It's a culture of, you know, different people serving different weeks and, 
a, a culture that there is an abundance here yep. and and you can come it's not all writing on you better be there otherwise we're in trouble you know um and I, I want people to know that that you were you're not in a city here of like five hundred thousand people right this small, was in a small, small community town. farm town right and it wasn't it wasn't like the well was deep a big urban center yeah, where right. you're gonna have all these you know you're not sitting in a big yeah so it's it's there's yeah. a, there's there's you're finding ways to do this in a small a small community this happened in a small rural town yeah right not a big urban center where there's like just people laying around so we did we started with a training of i and i had to again articulate some of this vision to the leadership of the church and say okay I want to resource a few things that we're going to do that will, I think, really help us grow our teams. And we did, we started with a big kind of weekend training thing. And it functioned as training, but also as vision casting. And it, I mean, it checked a lot of boxes. It, it wound up working really, really great for us. And we invited actually other churches in the area too to come. Hey, we're going we're gonna to have seminars and drums, bass, worship leading, vocals, you know, guitars. Come, keys, come learn how to do your craft a little better. And, and I brought in... And this, this is where I had to convince leadership to invest in this, but it paid off huge dividends. We brought in pros that are really highly qualified people from the region who knew how to do drums, bass, keys, whatever sound. And they were the, they were the teachers for the seminars. And then it created a lot of curiosity in the community. It created a lot of curiosity in our church. A bunch of people from the church came, even if they weren't necessarily particularly musicians. They were like, I want to go see what this is all about. And it's it just created a lot of energy. And then we we kicked off with a concert where the the really good musicians were demonstrating what we what it could be like. And so we were casting vision right at the top, yep. like, hey, this is how awesome it could be. And you know, musicians that are developing or just learning, they're glued. They're like, whoa, that's so awesome! I would love to play or sing or you know do tech like that. And then we unpack over the course of the weekend. Here's how you can do it. And I think the team grew we had like three or four before then i think immediately we had another 10 or 15 or 20 people that at least raised their hand and said i'm interested yeah and then we started developing and just it was a culture of development a culture of saying you know what you don't have to be amazing at this but there is a place for you here and come and we'll walk alongside you and again i'd bring in a, a seasoned drummer or guitarist or whatever and park them next to a developing guitarist or a drummer or to have, you know, we had one uh, young guy in, in junior high, he went to play, he went to play. And I said, you're not quite there on the skill level, but I'm going to bring in a really seasoned drummer and he's going to give you lessons and you watch everything that he does. And this young guy leaned into it, totally embraced it, started practicing. His mom came to me. It's like, he is practicing drums so much <laughs> and <laughs> at home, you know, oh, you know, God bless her for listening to that, but he grew and became amazing. And actually now he's a professional drummer. I, I can't take credit for that. That was God's work in his life. But like, it was that culture of development in our team that the better ones that or the more seasoned musicians, they're going to, and techs and everybody, they're going to pour into the up and comers. And that creates magnetism, you know, and people want to be part of something. It's exciting to be part of something like that. And so all those things, and then the snowball starts rolling and the word gets out, hey, there's some music stuff kind of happening in that worship team and that community and people then wanna, wanna be part of it. And so those were some of the initial things. And then after you kind of get the ball rolling and 
you know, you're inviting and there's more people that start to be part of it, it can get messy if you don't have systems. So you need a few yep. <laughs> systems that are in place. Like, all right, how do we help resource these people? How do we, you know, operate week to week? So we wound up creating, and I'm going to put all this on the website in a PDF so you can just free download. You can see all this, but we created like a, just like a one sheet expectations kind of a thing for each team. Um, you know, our, our, if you want to be in the band, here's kind of the expectations. Show up to rehearsal prepared. Yeah. Be on time. If you have a conflict with somebody, go straight to them. Don't go talking behind their back. You know, these are these are the kind of the timelines of when to prepare during the week and when to show up and all that. And it was just a simple sheet of paper that said, "This is this is what we're expecting." And when people know it, they're they're gonna they're gonna go up. They're going to raise or lower their behaviors to the expectations that you set. And I try and reinforce this with worship leaders all the time. If the bar is low, if you set the bar low, people will just keep kind of shuffling along. But if you raise the bar and you say, actually, can you, I just, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to go for it in this area. And I'm we're going to raise the bar around here. People love that. They lean into it. And they get better and then they can hear the results and see the results and they go, yeah, this is awesome. So we started developing systems like that. We, I would encourage you to get Planning Center or something like yep. that that's a, a preparation tool. Uh, we think of it as an organizational tool to get ready for Sundays. But in an online hub, we can put all these resources, we can put the MP3 you can transpose it. If it's in a different key than you're going to do, you can load the MP3 into Planning Center and transpose it into a different key. It, Planning Center will do that for you. We can put get you know something like Song Select. CCLI has this great um, Song Select product where you can go in and download the chord chart in any key for the top worship songs. And you know Planning Center and Song Select, I mean, I'm living in those every day that I'm prepping for worship. And all the resources are there in the in the planning center hub and the singers can log in. We even started at rehearsals, we would just with our little voice memo on our phone, we would record once we had kind of worked out uh, the vocal parts, we'd like record the alto part <laughs> or the tenor part and then we'd load it in the planning center so that, you know, our the other altos when it's their turn in a few weeks to sing this song, here's like a harmony part that's already recorded for them and, and they would all come to rehearsal and again, setting that... The, it sounds boring to call it a system, but it is a system to have an you expectation yep. that you're going to show up to rehearsal prepared. And then here are the tools to help you prepare. And I love John Nichols uh, comment, um, John Nichol, worship team coach.com. He's a great, uh, great teacher. And I, I've learned a ton from him. He has this great phrase. He says, practice is personal practice that, you know, learning the song, playing the guitar chords or singing it at home. That's what you do on your own time. Practice is personal rehearsal is relational. Rehearsal is when you put it all together with the team. And you don't want to be coming and learning the song at rehearsal. You want to learn it on your own. You want to get your part down or as close as you can. You're going to come with questions, but come to the rehearsal to put it together, the arrangement, how we're getting in and out of the song, the dynamics within the song. That all happens at rehearsal. And so we set the culture of expectation. You're going to be prepared when you walk in. And as a worship leader, one of the difficult things that you'll have to do, and I just so want to encourage you to do it, is to reinforce, reinforce those expectations, uphold them, and, and keep people accountable to them. 
it's so, so easy to want to just like shirk our responsibility. Ah, they showed up late. Ah, they weren't prepared. Well, I'm going to look the other way. And it's so difficult, right, to have those conversations. But I have found that over time, if you gently, not in an embarrassing way in front of the whole team, you're not prepared. What's wrong with you? But you approach them in a side conversation and say, hey, I noticed, I noticed you didn't really come in knowing those guitar parts or vocal parts or whatever, yeah. right? You know, what's going on? Can I, can I help you? And people then they realize, oh, oh, that is a thing around here. That is an expectation. But then also maybe there's something going on in their life and then you can minister and care for them. Because that's another part of this, building a magnetic team culture and that we found over time is that you can have great systems and you can be doing great things and have a really compelling vision. And it's important for people to have that. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. But caring for the person and having a relational ministry, just hanging with them, having coffee, how you doing, the ups and downs of life is huge. And as the leader, I just, I want to encourage you. And I've just found this to be so incredibly helpful over time is taking time to care for people and pour into their lives and to listen to them. That's going to cause them to stick in the ministry and want to be part of it for a long, long time. If they know their hearts are cared for, man, they're going to show up for, they're in for it. And relationships is really really what it's all about. And then over time, you're going to find that as the teams grow, there's too many, you you can't effectively deeply minister to tons and tons of people, but setting that culture, modeling that culture, then they'll start to care for each other. And it's, it's amazing. The snowball just keeps rolling and it becomes magnetic. And then people start inviting others to be part of it. And the church sees all these cool things happening and different faces up there and the team's growing. And then you know, they think, oh, you know, I have a relative or maybe I have a friend or somebody, you know, maybe they would like to be involved in that. And they'll do the inviting for you and all these the people, God just brings them. Yeah. So I love it. So you're um, kind of summarizing that it was casting vision or sorry, setting the mission, d- defining your mission, casting vision, be willing to invest. That's like, right. Is that, I mean, if I was to, if I had to take that, take right. away some like, like if I had to like, how do I sum that up and take it to my leadership team or take it to my staff conversation or how do I even process through these things on my own? Like it means I got to, I got to f- define my mission, which is to f- feed people if you're in and out. And then, it, then you said uh, vision would be like, what is it that we're doing? We're serving yeah. hamburgers. What does it look like here? Yeah. What's our particular vision in our church? Every church is going to have a little bit of a different vision. Which I want to set on that for just a second, because I think one of the things is um, we we listen to the latest worship album. We listen to the latest project, and we think that's our mission or that's our vision because I want to be that. But it's okay to not be that. And it's okay to say, what like what is it that would serve our church? What is it? What is it in this world that would make our church grow and be successful? And um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be big. It, it can be what it is where you're at. And I, that's something that is, uh, and I know that's uh, in conversations that I've had with some worship leaders going like, I don't, you know, how, to, how it, is it wrong if I do it a certain way? Is it, do I have to look a certain way? Um, and it's like, no, you don't have to look a certain way. You, everybody's vision is different, which is the beautiful thing about the body of Christ. It's not, it's not a, uh, you're not 
all looking the same way and all doing the same thing. We're not cookie cutter models of the next, of the next, uh, sound or the next, um, the next thing. Um, now I love this cause I would just, I mean, you trying to remember back, I, I'm gonna get the words wrong, but you used to say something that was like excellence draws excellence or excellence. Right. What was that? You said like, right. When, when, when you, sh- when you br- show excellence, it breeds excellence. Right. Um, cause people are going to want to draw, people are going to want to jump on to what is going well. Right. Excellence. Right. It draws more excellence and yeah, people, people will be drawn in. Yeah. And when it's good, when it's exciting, you know, when you're passionate about it, when they see God moving, you know, they see people coming to Christ. It's, it's moving. I, I think of just, just a couple of quick stories. I, yeah. I think there was a, a family in our church, you know, somebody invited them. They're just, just part of the community, not churchgoers. Somebody invited them. They came and the, the mom and daughters got involved right away, but the dad was, you know, kind of arms folded, sitting in the back. And over time, you know, his arms started to unfold a little bit. He saw the church really rally around his family and love them. And, and then, then there was the Sunday where he, he raised his hand and he says, yes, I want to follow Christ. And a few months later, baptized. And it was just awesome to, to watch his journey, his spiritual journey and the family's journey. And then he got plugged into the church. And then a little while later, he comes to me and says, you know, I played I played drums in high school. I, I don't know. Do you need, looks like you have a few different drummers. Do you need any more drums? Yes. Yes. We would love to have you. Always say yes. You know, <laughs> always, always say, say yes when someone, even if they don't have the skill yet, yep. you know, and, and he said, well, can I play for you? And he was very entry level at that point. And I said, all right, let's get you some lessons or here's how we can resource your development as a drummer. And before you know it, he was playing in kids ministry stuff. And then he was playing for, you know, Sunday morning services and he became this phenomenal drummer and just ama- and plugged in from n- not walking with God at all to serving, using his gifts. It's amazing. And yep. there was another guy that came up to me. We were doing a, a training. I, I really, I love doing occasional trainings because they're a great recruiting tools. Well, hey, we're going to do this thing for instruments. Come and learn how to play your instrument better. And then people that are maybe entry level or just curious about it, they'll come and you find out, ooh, they got some talent and you can begin developing them. Anyway, he came and he had been kicked out of a band in high school because his buddies were like, it was a just a lame garage band, but they told him, ah, you're no good. And he had set down music for like 20 years, but now here he was in our church and he was like, I wonder if, he was very, very sheepish about it, but like, I don't know, I don't know, could maybe could maybe God use me using, you know, playing the bass guitar? I'm like, yeah, and brought him in. And lo and behold, the guy was talented. And it just, he found a voice. And he lo- he's been like seven years now. He's been playing bass guitar on the worship team, loving it. He's amped up for Jesus. And so good. it's just awesome watching the, tr- the redeeming power, right, of our God and the transformation. We're not just playing songs for people. This is life life-changing for people and it's just an incredible privilege to be part of it oh i love that i love that you now you had uh you've worked for several different i mean you've done the artist thing in going in and out of churches you've done uh you've worked at several different levels and working with different pastors i want you to what would you say to the worship leader who feels like they're in a fight with their leadership over what worship looks like or sounds like um, and like, maybe how would you go about getting on the same page? Cause, uh, this like 
leadership might say one thing, but you're saying another, and like it only, it's only going to work. This whole process is only going to work if everybody's on the same page. Like, what are some ways that you would kind of go about that conversation? Great question. First, you are not alone. If you're facing this, yeah, you are not alone. I think everybody that leads worship, you know, if you've been at this for any length of time, at some point, you're going to have this experience where, where there is, there, there's something, there's some discord that you're sensing. And I think, honestly, if I have to, I don't know, this, this may just be my opinion, but you know, Satan originally, Lucifer was like the chief worship leader, right? Right. And then there was this big split in heaven. He wanted to be part of the Godhead and, you know, his pride got in the way and then he, he gets banished from heaven. And so I think he has a special interest in creating a rift between worship leaders and the pastor or the church leadership. And Satan is always, God's always working. Satan's always working too yep. and can get in the middle. And so what do we do, right? We, we find ourselves in a situation like this and, and it will happen and you're not the first person to face it. You won't be the last, you're not alone. Okay. So what do we do? Couple thoughts. First, that vision, going back to that clarifying that vision is really, really important. Sometimes this is just communication that hasn't happened. And, you know, you, you're heading in one direction and the pastor or the church leadership is kind of in their minds going in a direction and you wind up, there's this like tug of war that starts developing just because you haven't actually sat down to actually get on the same page. So I would encourage the very first thing, if you're sensing this starting to happen, first nip it in the bud. If you see it starting to develop, don't wait. Have the conversation. Sit down with the pastor. Sit down with the leadership. Whoever, whoever is really determining the big vision for the church, and sometimes that's a senior pastor, sometimes that's a group of elders or leadership team, but sit down with the key person or people and have the questions, have the conversation with questions like, what is the vision of our church? And then how do you see our worship ministry living that out? Like, like, what do you see as being the worship ministry? What should we be doing? What should this look like? You know, and sometimes the answers will be really eye-opening for you. And you'll go, wow, we're more on the same page than I actually thought. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes it won't, you'll realize, wow, we're really on a different page. But just listening to them, sometimes I'll, I'll sit with my pastor and I'll say, hey, what are the two or three, or maybe just one most important thing? to do right now. As you look at our worship ministry, what do you think we, like, what should I focus on in the next month or two? Like, what is a key thing or two or three? And that answer will also give you a big window into what they think is important and what the ministry vision is in their minds. Mm -hmm. So some of this is just communication and we want to get together and get on the same page. And that can be, you know, the question, what problem are we trying to solve? Who are we trying to Specifically, who are we trying to reach in our community? And, and how do you see worship ministry attacking that problem or, or reaching those people? And pastors and leaders, they'll share, and you'll get a real clear picture of what they think is important. So then you can live into that more, yep. and the worship ministry can, you know, and ask them, hey, how aligned do you feel that we are? Sometimes you just got to put the you know, if there's an elephant in the room, you talk about it or you just put the thing out on the table. Hey, do you feel like we're aligned? Or do you feel like there's tension? What are you seeing? 
And God will use those conversations often to bring people together. And then you, you know, after that conversation can have, be more unified than ever and be more effective and the vision comes together and it's great. So I would start there. When you have that conversation, sometimes this is a however comma yeah. <laughs> to this, okay? I know where this is going. Sometimes, because yeah, right. we've, we've all experienced this. Yes. Sometimes you reach, uh, when you have those conversations, you reach the realization, I'm not on the same page with this vision. And again, it's not that you're not on the same page with the mission. We want to make disciples. We want to be doing what God, what Jesus has told us to do in the world. But the local particular vision of this church, this pastor, this fellowship, you may realize, oh man, where this group of leaders is going, I just, I don't fit. Either I don't have the skills or I don't have the passion for that or I disagree. (laughs) You know, like it's just, they want to serve burgers and I want to serve chicken sandwiches, uh, so to speak, right? So then what do you do? So my encouragement is to not bolt right away, but to go, okay, God, you have me in this place, in this time. I don't want to just head for the exits at the first sign of trouble. So stick it out for a minute and listen for what God is telling you. And then start looking for the doors that God will open, because I really don't think God is going to want you. He, he wants unity and he wants alignment in his church. And if you cannot ultimately get behind the vision of your pastor or leadership, ultimately, it is time to exit and go be part of a church, be part of a ministry that you can align with yep. and that you can be passionate about. And you can you can really bring the full force of your energy and passion to. And so sometimes it just doesn't work out. A, f- you a know? few weeks back, we had a um, I got to chat with Doug Holk and um, his in his conversation, he said, Never make a decision to leave post a frustrating conversation. Never, never go like that was awful, and then walk out the door. Right. Like let yourself sit and let yourself re- like sit back and go. I mean, process this before we just go. Here's my letter of resignation. It's. Um, I mean, he was at his church for forty six years. Amazing. And so I was like, how did you, how did you do that? And he said, he said he never made a decision to leave right after a frustrating conversation. Cause that's when you're, that's when he's like, you said Satan gets in and is like, what about, what if that looks pretty over there? And then what if right. it, let's cause division in, in the middle, in the midst of this conversation, when you really, if you sat back and processed it, you know, they're making spaghetti and you're making tacos. And it's like, you know, we're both feeding people, but let me figure out if that's something that I can do or if that's something that, Right. Is that's not that's not a passion of mine. So I love that. We don't want a knee jerk in, in an emotional moment. Give it some time, give it some space. And then God will God will lead because there could be a series of conversations. I, I found that it's never just a moment. It's a series of conversations. It's a season of time where you start to realize, yeah, we're going different directions. And that's okay. And the God may be calling the church to go in a certain direction and you in a different one. And then he's, guess what? He's going to open the doors for you to go in the direction that he is calling you. And then you just want to exit gracefully and, you know, not trash anybody on the way out the door, not burn bridges, not make a mess, but you just gracefully exit and head into the new season that God 
has called you. And sometimes I got to address this too, because sometimes this is a reality. Sometimes there is, unfortunately, and I'm glad to say I've served in a number of churches over my career. I've, I've very rarely seen this. So it is not the majority, but sometimes there is toxic leadership and it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your family. And you do need to exit. Once you realize, you know, there could be a threshold where you just realize, wow, this is toxic. This is bad. I got to get out of here. Yeah. And, and again, you exit gracefully. God's going to open a door, you know, cause if it's toxic, God's going to be closing that door <laughs> for, yep. you, for you so that your heart is healthy in another place um, and serving and you're vibrant because he wants us to thrive. But, you know, there's going to be a few bumpy moments sometimes and it's all part of the journey and we trust God. We look to him and he will open, he will open another door and then you will find a new season where you're thriving again. It will happen. So if you're in that moment right now where it's super tough, hang in there, hang in there, lean on the support of those yeah friends that are close and talk to the Lord and, and know that he's going to, he's going to bring that to a resolution. He's going to open another door. Uh, I, yes. I was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I was like, <laughs> we've had some experiences. Eh, totally, totally. And scene. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. No, I think, um, exactly. Like if, if I could like just kind of breeze over your whole conversation here, vision mission vision investing and communication are kind of how do you take what you have and make it awesome and like understanding what why you do it being willing it's not just going to happen you have to invest and you also have to be willing to talk about it and make sure that you're on the same page and make sure that your world your worlds line up um does that kind of absolutely that, yeah those kind of big bullet points and notice that this doesn't take a ton of money totally Right. This we're not like advocating, oh, you need this particular tool, it's gonna solve yeah. your problems. A lot of this is heart and communication and you know, learning and and loving people. And it's it's free, yeah. you know, to right. like dollar wise. It's gonna yeah. take time um and investment. But you can do it in a in a very, very small church or in a large church. I love it. So this uh this podcast is called The Table. Um we called it that because I believe good conversation happens around the table, which typically means good food. And I'm, Oh yeah. I'm a huge believer in good food. I don't, right on. why waste time with bad food? Yeah. That's not a thing. It should never be a thing and should never be a thing. <laughs> but like, uh, if I was coming over to your house, which by the way, needs to happen. It's been too long. That's right. It's been way too long that we've, since we've done this, yes. but like what, what's a meal that might be served at your house? Like what, what does food look like on a, on a night? Um, what, what's like your, the thing that you guys like to do? So, so I'm an amazing cook. I can boil water with the best of them. I can, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm horrible. If, I'm not if, a culinary person. If you Google person. it first. Yeah. <laughs> I Google it first, <laughs> right. I might be able to boil. Actually, I can do, I can do like a big pot of spaghetti. I make w- without, spaghetti. Right. without totally messing that up. <laughs> And get out the prego sauce, the mushroom, not ragu. I like prego. Okay, oh, you go. And I can feed my boys, and they're they're pretty happy with that. So if Katie's gone, they're they're However, taking care of her. <laughs> Katie is the is the culinary one, and she is she is a major force. 
like culinary force. She has like an Instagram following and everything. Yeah. And what is what kitchen. is her Instagram account? De- yeah, deeply rooted kitchen. She's amazing, and she gardening and and cooking. So she actually went to Alaska. Her dad's an avid fisherman and took her on a fishing expedition to Alaska. She caught halibut out of the ocean. They froze it, flew it home, and she made macadamia nut encrusted halibut with this fancy sort oh of gosh. peanut sauce and you know rice and all these other things. It was amazing. So if you came, yeah, right. To our house, you could have, and Katie was cooking, not me. <laughs> you could have the macadamia nut encrusted halibut. With a side of spaghetti? Or how does that? <laughs> no, is that no, no, no. But like, I was making sure, making sure. I mean, both of you are invested in this meal, but the side of spaghetti with the macadamia, no. And, yeah. I, would, and I would offer you a good kombucha because oh, I've gotten there into you go. that recently. There you go. So you said deeply rooted kitchen on Instagram. That's, that's hers. That's, yeah. That's, yeh, yeah. Learn a lot of things. She <laughs> taught my wife how to make sourdough, which I think. Oh, yeah. She has a whole sourdough. We eat a lot thing. of sourdough now, which I love. And a homemade sourdough. Yeah. And it's so, so good. It's so uh, we look for I, I, when I get home and I smell fresh bread. I'm like, today's going to be dinner's going to be delicious. Oh, yeah. And then every <laughs> every time I'm like, thank you, Katie. Thank oh, you so yeah, much. baby. She's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, what are um, what are some ways we can connect with you? Like what are uh, with music and like on do you do you do social media? <laughs> no. <laughs> what like what are some ways we can connect with I'm, Peter Newman? I might not be the person who's posting constantly. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Peter Newman, probably Peter Newman dot com. And Newman is spelled interestingly. It's uh, I have a German heritage, so it's more like Neumann, like the microphone N E U. M-A-N-N, everybody, you know, N-E-W, but it's not. It's yeah. N-E-U-M-A-N-N. So PeterNewmanMusic.com. And I'll put the, the PDF of yeah, some we, of the things we were talking through. And we can put it in the show notes on, oh, the, on the podcast. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, put the links there for it. Perfect, yeah. So that's a great way um, to connect. And yeah, you can email me from there and or find me on social on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. And your church has done, like, has has released some videos of, of you guys leading worship, which I've watched, which are awesome. Where oh, would we cool. find those at? Oh, yeah, Creekside. E.G. Elk Grove is our is our town. So CreeksideEG.com. And yeah, the latest, you know, we produce the worship service every week and it's online. You can yeah. see it. Love it. Peter, this is awesome. I'm I'm I, I was I've been looking forward to this conversation because I knew that you had such passion for excellence. And it's like this is I mean, it's it's not a a lot of people have to like uh, it's like a work hard to get there or um it kind of like I read a book and I do this, but this is such like in your blood and it's such, it's not just like, um, Oh, I do it. Cause it's, it's what we're supposed to do. You're like, no, I do it. Cause it's who you are. And it's not just, uh, I mean all the years of like pouring into interns and, uh, PS, I was one of Peter Newman's interns. <laughs> I was, I was, I was an intern way back when you were, you were an important part of that worship album that we did. Yes. Which was, it was a fun, it was a fun project. The live recording and everything. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so thank you for that. Um, thank you. And, uh, I was telling, um, the first episode, uh, or last month was with Rory Noland. And I was like, I was telling him about his book, Heart of the Artist and how it was like, it was a textbook in my internship. Like yeah. we used this book and we used it and he, he, uh, he, so we got to chat through, I chatted through that with him, which was really fun. Amazing. But anyway, Hey guys, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Um, and we will see you next week. Hey everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into today's podcast. 
Uh, hey, we release episodes weekly, so make sure you like or follow or subscribe, whatever platform you're on. We would also love if you leave us a review. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Worship Leader or at Worship Leader Podcast, as well as you can follow me at Jason underscore Squires. We will see you guys next week um, on, on another episode of The Table. Thanks so much for joining us. 